Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. You guys ready? Ecclesiastes chapter 11. We're going to conclude this book today. If you're new with us, if you're a guest, we're finishing a series on an Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. It's written by an anonymous author. It's a collection of sayings or teachings from who's identified as the teacher. That's what he's called. Most people think it's King Solomon, one of the kings of Israel, King David's son. The whole book is about the meaning of life, about what's it look like to find significance and meaning in our life. Solomon, as he's taught us, has asked the question over and over, what will satisfy us? What will bring ultimate meaning and purpose to our life? What is it that we can give our life for and will actually make a difference, will actually lead us to find joy and contentment? And he has walked through everything we might find or we might look at to bring contentment. And what's the word he said over and over? You guys remember? It's hevel. Meaningless. It means a vapor. It's a reminder that our life is a vapor. It's quick. We're here. We're gone. And if we're not careful, much of what we live for will be just like our life, here and gone, and it has no meaning. So Solomon's helped us add, ask some tough conversations and questions about our own life. And it's interesting. I was talking to my mom this weekend. Think how far just in the past hundred years, we've come as a nation, as a culture. I mean, the things that, that people used to worry about are, are not on our radar. Like, you have food, and if you run out, you go to the grocery store. It's not that long ago that all of us would have milked a cow before we came in this morning to have milk for your family. It, it, like, how, how much, just in a hundred years, we've grown that we're, we can communicate. I hopped on a phone call, a, a, a FaceTime with Giacomo in Italy, and we got to talk and laugh like we were sitting together just like old friends. We can talk with anyone across the world. We can hop on a plane and be wherever we want. We have central air and central heat. We're comfortable. We have our health. Yet, if we're honest, we're just as discontent and maybe more than the generations before. Fair? If there's anything that 2020 has taught us, it's how much our identity and our hope is wrapped up in what we see in front of us. And when it's gone, we feel the weight of it. In the words of Bono, we still haven't found what we're looking for. And that's what Solomon's trying to teach us. He's trying to help us so we don't have to wait till we're old and on our deathbed to look back and say we wasted our life. He wants us while we're young, and you can decide what young is, to look at our life and say, how might I live with meaning and purpose? So we'll go in Ecclesiastes. We'll start in verse 9 today. Solomon begins to wrap up the, the teachings. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. Now, if you've been with us in Ecclesiastes, this is an interesting phrase. Because he's told us all along, he's warned us about just following whatever we think we want to do. About just whatever, whatever looks good, whatever feels good, do it. He's warned us about that. But now, it surprises us. He says, follow your heart and the sight of your eyes. 
But no, all these things God will bring into judgment. So he's going to remind us of the balance here. Here's what he's going to say. If I could sum up Ecclesiastes, enjoy your life with wisdom. Follow your dreams with wisdom. Chase your passions with wisdom. It's permission from Solomon here, the teacher, and we believe from God. It's permission to play. It's permission to laugh. It's permission to dream. I think if Solomon was here, he would ask us, what have you dreamed about doing? If it's wise, do it. If it's not sin, if you can afford it, it's not going to cause you to go into debt or just waste money, like dream a little bit, have fun, live your life while you're young. Again, you decide what's young. Many of you are like, I'm young. Okay, you're young. Live life while you're young. What have you dreamed about doing? Parents, what have you dreamed about doing with your kids? What's an adventure you could dream taking your kids on? I think Solomon would say, you better do it because your kids won't be with you very long. It's so fast. It's so fleeting. It goes by so quickly. Brad, we were talking in the office this week. He, he's doing a thing where when his kids reach a certain age, he's going to let them take a trip wherever they want to go with him. And so Brody's at that age now, and he said, Brody, you can take a trip anywhere in the U.S. you want as long as it makes sense, which that's Brad's way to say I will still be in charge of where we go. Uh, but he's letting Brody decide where he wants to go, and I think he's leaning toward Austin, Texas, so he can eat some beef ribs at a barbecue place. And Yes, amen. And Solomon would say... Go, because Brody's going to be old soon. He's going to get out of your house soon. Enjoy it. Michael, our other pastor, he takes his kids up every, every spring to the Packers fall camp because he's trying to turn his kids into Packers fans like he is. Now, I'm going to turn them into Chiefs fans, and they're going to rebel against their dad. It's going to be so great to watch. But Solomon would tell you, do it. Go make memories with your kids because your life will be over soon. He says that. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. I think sometimes we can, we can have too much of what I call a mystical faith. I feel like every single decision we need to make that God's going to just like reveal to us in writing what we're supposed to do. Can I tell you in all the decisions I've made for my life, there's been very few times where I'm like, oh, I know this is what God wants me to do. Even when I stepped into college ministry, taking that job, I'd wanted to do college ministry for years, and then right as I was getting ready to, to have an opportunity to do that, this other job presented itself. And so young Daniel's like, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being selfish for doing this, and maybe this, and, and eventually I was like, no, I'm passionate about it, go for it. And I, I think the danger is we over-mystify our faith at times. I think Solomon might tell us, hey, relax. Yeah, don't be stupid. Don't just waste money. Don't just go live your life for pleasure, but have fun because life is short. What have you dreamed about doing? I think he would say, if it's in reason, go do it. Tim McGraw song, Live Like You Were Dying. Sky, what are you, skydiving, Rocky Mountain climbing. I love that song. He would say, do it. And, and we believe the words of Solomon, the teacher, are actually the words of God. So you thought about starting a business? I think Solomon would say, pray about it and go for it. You might fail. It's okay. Get up. Try it again. Uh, you want to write a book? I think he'd say, write a book. 
One, I told one of our college students this week, who's just an incredible writer, is like, if you don't write a book in the next few years, you're wasting a beautiful talent. Like, write something. Take a road trip. Do the whole Heads Carolina, Tails California. See where you, see where you land up. Like, again, guys, when you're, when you're 80, 90, you can't take a trip last minute. While you're young, do it. A few years ago, uh, I, I decided I was going to take a trip with no plan. Which, for some of you, that doesn't surprise, if you know me, that doesn't surprise you too much. But I, I didn't have much of a plan. So I was going over to Italy to do some teaching with Giacomo. So I decided I'd go about five days early and just see where I went. And so I did some research, a little bit of research, found a place in northern Italy. My criteria was good food, vineyards, and cheap. That was my criteria. So I found this place in northern Italy. It's called Alba. It's in the middle of nowhere up in the north. Beautiful mountains, beautiful country. And so... I went, had no plan. I had a little backpack of clothes. I, I, I got some merino wool clothes that like don't smell bad. So I wore the same clothes every day. It was wonderful. I uh, had no idea where I was going, what I was going to do. While I'm there, I start talking to some locals. And, and if you know me very well, talking in Italy means uh, a lot of English and Google Translate and a few Italian words. Actually, the only Italian I know, I can order anything I want to eat. That's about the, the extent of my Italian knowledge, okay? Say hello and good morning and good night. Um, so I'm in this little town, and in Italy, in the big cities, a lot of people speak English. In smaller towns, it's harder to find people that speak English. And so I'm making my way and, and just having fun. And so I, I start talking to a local, and they tell me a place I need to go. It's about 10 minutes out of town. It's a little, little village out in the middle of the mountains. It's kind of a wine village. And, it, and so I went there. I, just, I took a little taxi, went out there, had no idea what I was going to do, went and, and found a little cafe, ate the best, like, braised rabbit thing I've ever eaten. It's so, so good. And, and I'm sitting there talking to someone. I look up the hill and I see another town up in the mountains. And it looks like it's just like a little bit up in the mountains. And I can see a switchback road. And so I decide I'm going to go to that town. So it's after lunch. And so I start walking up this switchback. And if you've ever been in the mountains, sometimes you see something that looks like it's really close <laughs> until you start walking. So about three hours into this journey, <laughs> up this switchback, and, and it was an incredible journey. Along the way, there's all these vineyards, and so I'd stop and walk through and look, and I, I didn't get shot at. I was kind of surprised. Uh, about halfway up, I took a picture um, so you can see me, uh, and that's down in the, in the bottom is a town. Is my selfie bad? I always get made fun of by young people about my selfies, and I need, to, I need a selfie 101 because I don't know how to do it. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. So that's the town I'm at in the bottom, and you can see I'm about halfway up the mountain. There's hills everywhere, and I'm heading to this town at the top. And so finally I get to the top. By this time, it's, it's 4 in the afternoon. It's winter time, so the sun's going to go down about 5.36, and I eat some more food because that's what I do a lot uh, when I'm there and, and talking. And I realize, okay, I need to get home. Gonna, the sun's starting to set. It's starting to get dark. i got to get back. And so I start inquiring about how to get back, and I said, yeah, how do I get a taxi? And I get laughed at. I say, taxis don't come here. And besides, and I, well, I said, okay, I'll just walk down to the town I met. They said, no, taxis stop there at 5 p.m. All right, well, cool. So I'm prepared to walk, by this time, 12 miles back, back home at night. So, so I decide I'm going to give it a try. And so I start talking to locals, trying to find someone who will give me a ride. Um, if you can imagine... Uh, this, this American with his phone out with Google Translate walking towards mostly older people saying, hey, can you give me a ride to Alba? And they just look at me and walk away. 
So I've tried this five or six times, I'm striking out. Well, finally, there's a young couple. I'm like, oh, young couple, they'll, they'll speak some English. So I went up to them. I said, I'm staying in Alba. I walked here, and they kind of look at me like, you walked here? Like, yeah, I walked here. Can I get a ride to Alba? And the woman, she's probably in her 30s, and she's got a, her, her, I think, fiancé or boyfriend with her. And she says, Alba? I said, Alba. Yeah, come on. Like, okay. And so, but here's the thing about this region. A lot of towns have the word Alba in them. Okay? So I'm like, okay, Alba. And I'm trying to, like, talk about some of the places that are there. And, and she speaks about as much English as I speak Italian. So we're trying to communicate back and forth on where I want to go. And I'm like, no, Alba and this hotel. Yeah, yeah, Alba. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, be with me. Right? So I hop in the car with him. If you know the cars in Italy, they're really, really small. She's driving. Uh, for some reason, she had the, the passenger seat pushed all the way forward, and then me and her boyfriend or whoever in the back sitting like this. Okay? And I'd walked up the mountain this side, and so she gets in the car and she takes off that side. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And again, I'm like, Alba, oh, yeah, yeah, Alba, Alba. And so she's driving. She's looking back like this, talking as she's driving, and the switchback trails, going about 60 miles an hour. They do not drive slow in Italy, swerving all over the road. As she's talking to me, she says, what are you doing here? And I, I told her I'm just, like, kind of adventuring, and I'm going to be going to Perugia because I'm a pastor. And she goes, oh, you're a pastor? And I'm like, yeah. And she's driving, oh, looking like this. Okay, so the next picture I take, which you're really going to judge me on my selfie here, but, but mine... I'm driving 60 miles an hour down a switchback. Literally, the song going through my head is Jesus, take the wheel, okay? Because I think I'm going to die. And so I, I snap one picture. This is her driving. This is me. And I sent it to Emily, and I was like, hey, it's been a great marriage. You know, have, have a good life because I'm done at this point. Um, so she's, she's driving off the hill, and we're driving, and, and she's talking about the, me being a pastor, and she's just overwhelmed. I mean, she's so excited. I'm like, this is interesting. I asked her a few more times, like, we're going to Alba, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we get down to the bottom of the mountain, and we, she pulls into, we go through a little town. She pulls into, like, a cafe. I'm like, okay, I guess we're going. And so she just hops out, and we walk in. And so we walk in this cafe, and she walks in, and apparently she's a local, you can tell, because she walks in, and there's maybe 15 people in this little restaurant. She walks in, and she announces to everyone, I have a pastor with me. And so we, and I'm like, yes, you do, you know? And so we, we sit in this little round table, and I'm telling you, y'all, I felt like, I felt like I'm, I'm cool for once, okay? Because all these people come sitting over, and she's talking in, English, or in Italian, and I'm following just a little bit, and she's telling them how she has this pastor with her. And they start bringing food and desserts and coffee and wine and just putting them before me. And so I'm just like, okay, I'll try that and try that. And she's on and on about how she's with a pastor, and, and then eventually she looks at my ring and she says, whoa, you're married. Now remember, this is Catholic Italy. She thinks I'm a priest. Hey? So I'm, so I'm like, oh, gigs up. i got to be careful here. No, I said, so I said, no, in America they don't care. <laughs> you know? So, oh, okay, now, that was sufficient for her. That was sufficient. And so we spend the next hour. I'm in the middle of nowhere Italy. I know where I am. I'm with two people that I don't know. We're talking and we're laughing, and here's what I said. Thank you, Jesus. This is exactly what I was looking for. It's exactly what I was looking for. And eventually I got home. I tell you that story to say this. I think Solomon would say, what, what are you looking for? What do you dream about? Like, what's a vision of just something like, man, this would be sweet? I think he would tell you to go for it 
while you're young. Because I ain't fitting in that car when I'm 80. It's permission for us to live our lives and enjoy our lives. It's permission for us to dream. He says it. Like, walk in the ways of your heart in the side of your eyes. What do you want to do? Do it. How about this? I want to start a church. And I want to start a church that reaches the next generation. And we're going to have no money, but we're going to have a blast doing it. And we're going to baptize a bunch of people, over 100 people. We're going to baptize. We're going to see lives change. And then, as we have this young church full of college students and 20 and 30-year-olds, we're going to dream about a facility that costs more than we could ever imagine for our size, of, for, for our demographic of our church. And we're going to pray that God will get us there. And so we announced a few weeks ago, we need a million and a half dollars in eight weeks. And I know it's absurd. And it's crazy. But we're following the side of our eyes and our heart. We believe God's in it. He keeps putting things happen. Things keep happening. We're like, okay, we'll go with this. And we're rolling with it. Um, give you an update. I said a couple weeks ago, we need a million and a half dollars in a few weeks. We're at $500,000 right now. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I'm telling you, if you're here, we need every single one of us to get on board with this. I went to our salt company Thursday night, and I told our college students, I'm going to challenge you all to give. Uh, I, we expect to have over $20,000 from our college students giving towards this vision. Okay? If you're here, you're, you're a parent of a college student. We need your help. If you're, you're here and you, and you have fun, we need your help. We've got to get this done. We believe in it. And we're not scared to fail. Like, we're going to try this, and maybe we don't reach it in a few months. We'll keep going. We'll get there. That's, I think that's what Solomon's teaching us, is live your life, follow your dreams, be wise, keep praying about it as you go, but follow your heart, like dream about having a church that reaches the next generation. Guys, do you realize if we don't reach this next generation, American churches will be like Europe soon. You know what Europe churches are? Tourist attractions. That's what they are. They're turning to restaurants and bars because no one's going to the churches. What do you dream of doing? Do it. Here's a vision trickle. I need a young couple to pray about going to Italy for three years to help Giacomo. And we're going to send some students right out of college to go with you, a little team. And we're going to start to try to start planting more churches in Italy. Would you pray about it? He goes on. But no, for all these things. So he's told us, follow your heart. For all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Now, this isn't a threat. It's just a reminder as you follow your heart, to watch your heart. As you follow your passions, to watch your passions. Making sure that you're keeping what's important at the front, but enjoying your, your, your life along the way. It's a life of balance. Verse 10, remove vexation from your heart. Vexation is like frustration, worry, being annoyed. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body. For youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Here's what he's telling you to the young. And I put myself in this bucket for now. Enjoy your life now. Quit worrying so much. Because when you're old, you'll have some things to worry about. Quit stressing so much. Because the end could be stressful. Enjoy your life. There's the phrase, youth is wasted on the young. Like when you actually have, you have vigor and energy and a body that can do things so much, we're worried about all the little things. Solomon would tell us there's plenty to worry about at the end. Enjoy your life now. Deal with your junk. If you have anger problems, deal with it in your youth. Don't let it 
keep growing and ruin your life. You have bitterness problems. He would say, face them. If there's forgiveness you're withholding, Solomon would say, don't spend your 20s and 30s and 40s hating someone. Offer forgiveness. Life is too short. He says, put away pain from your body. What he means is don't make stupid decisions. They're going to ruin your life. The young guy that says, hey, watch this. He'd say, don't do that. Don't do that. Chapter 12, verse 1. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Solomon, again, wants you to contemplate your death. Gosh, Hood, why do you always have to go here? Because the Bible does. He wants you to contemplate your death, not to worry you and to scare you, but that you would enjoy your life now. That, in, that you would contemplate your death and know that age is coming and old age is coming and gravity is coming and that you would enjoy the stage of life you're in now. So he says the evil days, that, those are the days when our body breaks down, they're coming. And so he says know that and let that give you perspective to enjoy every moment now. I was talking to one of our adults out there after the, the first gathering. What a gift as a church that we went through this book in the middle of 2020, COVID. What a gift. Has, for all of us, has there not been just an unsettling that this year has brought? A discontentment, a frustration, an angst, a worry. What a gift that in the middle of all this, we're, we're forced every week to look at perspective on our lives. Like, and I just, like, leading a church during, during COVID has not been the most fun thing I've ever done. It's been very difficult. It's been hard. Everything we plan is in pencil. So many things have changed and get canceled. Some of our adults, because of safety concerns, I haven't seen some of them in months. Some of our adult groups can't gather. I mean, it's just this frustrating time. Um, and times when people are anxious, they get a little more grumpy. And we've dealt with that. It's just been a tough time. And what a gift, as I've, as I've reflected just in my life as we taught Ecclesiastes, like to enjoy every moment because I won't always have it like in the midst of COVID there's all these challenges yet I get to lead a church with two of my best friends how many people get to say they get to go work with two of their best friends I get to lead a staff of 20 year olds and it's a blast there's never a dull day in our office I get made fun of all the time. I got made, of, they did it to me. I got made fun of for how I took a selfie this week. We're in our staff meeting and I'm up there trying to take this video, this really serious video with our staff in the background and our young staff are making fun of how I'm, I don't know what they're making. They're making fun of me about something, about how I'm holding my phone. They, they're, they're all pointing to each other. They know they did it. And I love every second of it because I get to invest in the next generation of leaders who are probably gonna take things farther than I could. And I get to hold them up and prop them up and shepherd them and challenge them and watch them fly. What a gift. Yeah, COVID sucks, but what a gift. You see the perspective he's inviting us into. If we understand life is fleeting, even years like 2020 will find sweet gifts in the middle of them. So he says the evil days are coming, and he means old age. He means our bodies breaking down. Um, and in the next few verses, he's going 
use metaphor to describe what we have to look forward to. You ready for this? Verse 2. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. Verse 3. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble. So he's going to use metaphor to describe getting old. The keepers of the house tremble. Here's what he's talking about. Trembling hands. There's our bodies break down that our hands will tremble. The strong men are bent. He's talking about just how our bodies and how older people, they start to slouch forward because their bodies start to lose strength. And the grinders cease because they are few. What's he talking about? Teeth. Now, my dentist goes to our church. I'm trying to take care of that. But in Solomon's day, probably losing teeth was just part of life. And probably near the end, most people didn't have very many teeth. And those who look through the windows are dimmed. He's talking about eyesight, how it begins to go. And the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low. He's talking about hearing. How our hearings, how, how the, our older years will be, what? And one rises at the sound of a bird. You know what he's talking about? When you're old, you're going to wake up at 4 a.m. because you can't sleep past that. You're going to be up with the birds in the morning. So you better enjoy sleeping in. You better enjoy going to bed, young people, without heartburn. <laughs> and all the daughters of song are brought low, that even our young people have just beautiful singing voices. As they get old, those voices will diminish. Have you listened to Bob Dylan lately? Well, he, he was never good, but... <laughs> His writing's good, it's just voice not good. They're afraid also of what is high. <laughs> They're afraid of what is high and terrors are in the way. Here's what he's talking about. They're afraid of heights. Older people, like, I may fall. They're afraid of, of what's in a path, because if I fall, I'll break my hip and I'm done for. That, that's what he's talking about. Um, guys, my youngest daughter asked me to go jump on the trampoline last week. Do you know how a trampoline hurts your body? It's awful. It's awful. 20-year-olds, go jump on a trampoline, because in a few years, it will hurt to do so. That's what he's talking about. And the almond tree blossoms, okay? Almond trees, when, they, when almond trees blossom, apparently, they look like a white gray. You know what he's talking about? Gray hair. And that's where I get to laugh, because bald never goes gray. <laughs> And the grasshopper, and the, I don't know why a grasshopper, and the grasshopper drags itself along. He's talking about just walking slower, how you'll shuffle, how getting out of bed will become a chore. We, we had a, we, our elders pray together every Tuesday morning at 6, and this past week Brad was supposed to lead our prayer time. Well, it gets 6 o'clock and Brad's not there. And if you know Brad, he's always on time. He, he prides himself on being on time. And so we sent them this real encouraging, smart aleck text with all of us, like pretend like we were praying and like send it to him, like, yeah, glad you're here at prayer this morning. About 15 minutes later, he walks in, and uh, we're all at Royce's house. We're praying together, and Brad walks in like this, limping. <laughs> we're like, dude, what happened? He's like, well, my alarm didn't go off this morning, and, and your guy's text woke me up, and I realized I was late, so I hopped out of bed, and I hurt my back when I hopped out of bed. And so he comes limping to our prayer meeting because he hurt his back hopping out of bed. It's coming for you. Y'all laugh. It's coming for you. Like, we have an elder on our team that's a doctor, and our, our elder meetings turn into doctor's appointments most weeks. If, if you're a chiropractor here, I would ask that you pray about joining our elder team because we need some more help. 
The grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails. You know what he's talking about? Sexual desire. Now, it's funny. You know this is written by a man because it's the last thing on his list. I mean, at this point, Solomon has his gray hair, no teeth. He can't see, he can't hear, he can't walk. But desire is the last thing that he says is going to go. Because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go to the streets. He's talking about death. Before, and a bunch of metaphors for death. Before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern or I would add or the bucket is kicked and the dust returns to the earth as it was. He says, you'll go back to the ground and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Then he says this, vanity of vanities. That's our word, hevel. Hevel of hevel, says the preacher. All is vanity. All is hevel. Here's what Solomon wants to know. If you're looking for just this life to find meaning and purpose in what fills you, old age and death will laugh at you. That's what he just said. If this is all there is, then old age and death is a point, is, is a further proof that this life is meaningless. And that's been Solomon's idea from the whole time. If this is all there is, what we see, then life is meaningless because it's like a vapor. You're here, you're gone, just like that. And it's a reminder that there's more than what we see, that we're actually created for more than this world, that this world is not our home. So it's a reminder to us, our bodies will age. Death is coming, so enjoy our youth. While we still have a body to enjoy things, enjoy it. I think Solomon tells us, take care of our body, eat well, exercise, that, that we are embodied creatures, that we're not just a soul, we're a body, and that our bodies are good. Uh, he would tell you, dress nice, because you won't have your body. Your body. Okay, tw- college students, can I, can I go on a rant for a second? Because you all wear sweatpants, and, and girls, you wear these sweatshirts that are like too big for me. And they're like boxy, and they come all the way down here. And here's what, you're not going to be young. Dress nice while you're young. You can wear boxy clothes when you're 90. I think that's all I'm going to tell you. One of, our, one of our older gentlemen walked in with a fine hat today, and I was like, nice hat. And Solomon said, wear a nice hat. Enjoy your youth. Take care of your body. I lost him there. This world's not our home. But he says there's a gift if you can have the perspective that this world's not our home and that there's more that in that perspective you can actually enjoy life in the sweetness it brings. Verse 9, let's close this up. Besides being wise, the preacher taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care, I think I was talking about the book of Proverbs. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise, the words of this teacher, Solomon, are like goads. Goads are are what they would use to like herd sheep or cattle. And, And sometimes you poke and sometimes you slap upside the head. And he says, my words in this book have been like goads. Anyone felt prodded in this book? Anyone felt a little shot aside the head? Yeah, he he acknowledges his words were tough, but he says they're good. His words are like goads, like nails firmly fixed or collected sayings. 
They're given by a good shepherd. Here's what Solomon says. My words will be a good shepherd. They will help guide you to find meaning in life. My son, be aware of anything beyond these. Of making many books, there's no end of much study of weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, here's his final words. All has been heard. He said everything. He's written his, his book. Here's the end of it. Fear God and keep his commands. For this is the whole duty of man. How do we make meaning of life? Fear God and keep his commands. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. You want to make meaning out of life? You want to enjoy your life? You want to live a full life? Here's where it's found. Fear God and keep his commands. Here's what we believe about God. He is a giver of good things. That God's commands, how we're supposed to live, is not to make us suffer and, and, and not enjoy all these, all these really cool things. It's actually God saying, no, I'm a giver of good things. And if you'll trust me with how to use the good things in this world, you'll actually enjoy them in a more full way. God is a giver of good things. We have a lot of young people, youth, teenagers, college students. In your youth, in your 20s, in your college years, fear God and keep his commands. Like some of you in the next year or two are going to make some really important decisions, like who you marry. I promise you, you want to be fearing God and keeping his commands as you're choosing who you'll marry. You're going to be choosing an occupation. You're going to be choosing a direction in life. Fear God and keep his commands. And Solomon says as you do that, you will live a better life because your direction will be one that will lead you away from pain and brokenness. Parents, adults, 30, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, here's what he would say as you're raising your kid, as you're trying to be a good spouse, fear God and keep his commands. Men, can we love our wives and love our kids so that our kids don't have daddy issues? Because I've, I've talked to enough college students with hurtful daddy issues. Fear God. Love your children. Be faithful to your spouse. Don't wreck your life. We can wreck it in 10 seconds and bring a lot of destruction. He would say the gift of God is he would fear God and keep his commands. As your kids are out of the house, 50, 60, 70, 80-year-olds that are here, he would invite you, fear God and keep his commands. Don't spend your retirement years playing golf. You're created for more than that. Invest in the next generation. Give generously to the next generation. Fear God and keep his commands. Enjoy your life with wisdom. Enjoy the little moments. So I, uh, I took some vacation the past week or so and I've been taking my kids deer hunting. And I spent a lot of years chasing big deer, and that was kind of my passion. And now it's a joy to, like, take my kids and just enjoy that. And we have a college student that lives with us and um, took, them, took them all. It's hard. With my, all my kids in my deer stand. And we're like laughing and, and joking. I got a college student there and she kills her first deer. She's been working all week and finally gets it done. And then this big buck comes in. And my daughter Ellie's with us and, and we're all excited. And they're trying to get me to shoot it. I'm like, nah, I need to shoot that. It's not big enough for me, that sort of thing. Dad, shoot the deer, shoot the deer. No, I'm not going to because there's a bigger one. And so I'm trying to get them all passionate. I'm trying to get my daughter passionate about there's a bigger deer coming, Ellie. Just wait. And this, this other, like, the deer's barely out of the wood. Like, I can still see it. And I hear this ruffling of plastic. And my, my daughter pulls out a deck of Uno cards and says, you want to play Uno? <laughs> and I'm thinking, no! 
because there's a deer there, and I know there's a big one. And there was this little voice that's like, it's not about the deer. And we laughed, and the tree was shaking because we were laughing so hard, and my daughter wanted to play Uno in the middle of this big deer encounter. Enjoy your life with wisdom. Enjoy the little moments because they're gifts and they won't always be here. Enjoy God. Keep his commands. Enjoy your life. Don't make good gifts ultimate things. Pleasure, food, a party, sex, money, accomplishment, friends, they're all good gifts, but sin happens when we make a good gift an ultimate thing. I will find meaning in this. And accomplishment, what a great thing, until you want to find your meaning identity in it, and it will let you down. That's the wisdom of Ecclesiastes. Enjoy the gifts, but don't make them ultimate. So may we fight, Hill City Church, to keep the gifts in their proper place. Let's work hard. Let's play hard. Let's serve hard. Let's speak truth to one another and have good, hard, meaningful conversation. And let's belly laugh. Let's go on vacations. Let's go on trips. Let's enjoy life. And let's give generously. Let's have balance to life. The words of Ecclesiastes is, is there are good gifts from God that you might enjoy your life but there's a deeper fulfillment that comes when you know that this world is not your home. When you know that you're created for more, you actually have the freedom to enjoy the gifts and not look for purpose in them because you know there's something more than this. Let's pray together.